you having fun just staring from across the room you've got to stretch your stuff and i'll show you just what to do now you gotta dance gotta make your advance you gotta show you've got the guts i gotta move that'll make them swoop and it's called the two-step strut now dance with me Coming soon to a theater near you, it's The Equalizers, a weekly podcast where two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Nolan. I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, ooh, The Planet to My Apes, Madison Jones. Madison Jones, you're in good form. Oh, you know, just in the, uh, um, in my, my best Paul Giamatti mood, I guess. <laughs> you are, it is very funny to me. You're sitting farther back from your computer than you normally do. And based off of your virtual background, it does look like you're just in this group picture with the cast of Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Um, for reference, if you just Google Planet of the Apes 2001 and look at the images, you'll see this kind of like, it, it does look like a family picture of <laughs> Mark does. Wahlberg, uh, in just human Mark Wahlberg, Tim Roth. Uh, I'm blanking on the other people's names in this. Um, um, yeah, Michael Duncan, Michael something Duncan, Michael Clark Duncan, Michael Clark Duncan. And then behind me is this is Helen Bonham Carter, right? No, that's Mark Wahlberg. No, no, not that one. I, yes, the person that you the person that you are unable to get in frame is Helen Bonham Carter. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to continue to watch you do this. If this was a visual medium, we would 100%. We would 100% would not stop until you got her into frame, but no one else can see this. So yeah, it's it looks like a family picture. That like, um, just imagine like the family ties picture, but except it's the Planet of the Apes family. Most of these people hate each other in this movie. Before we get into any more ape japes, uh, we should go ahead and bring up that Mark Wahlberg is in this movie, and I understand that that is a big nope for a lot of people for a very valid reason. And if that's the case, then we'll catch you next week. We understand definitely if you're not down for the Mark Wahlberg clown, we can. Hit you next time. He's also switches to talk talk about the movie. He's also the worst part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, it's so bad. Had you seen it before this? I'd seen the last like I think I'd seen from when he takes off. the The bits of this movie I remember having seen are the fact that he and that monkey kiss, right. the Helena Bottom Carter monkey, and then he the ending. We'll save maybe the twist for the ending before we, as we get to our ideas maybe. Sure. But I remember that bit, and then I remember the ending. So if I've seen more of this movie, it was entirely blocked out of my mind. Mm-hmm. Had you seen this before? Not that I remember. Like, I, I really don't. I don't think I have. Um, I know I've seen some Planet of the Apes movies before um, mm-hmm. when I was younger, but I'm pretty sure this one was not involved in that. Um we would have been about in like fifth grade about this time. So mm-hmm. it's a little more of a, it's not really a kid's movie in my, no. I don't think we really, I don't think a lot of kids saw this movie at the time. It brought up a lot for me watching it this time. It made me think of Avatar, the last airbender. No, I'm sorry. It made me think of the movie, the last airbender, <laughs> which had okay. yeah. the same, just like lethargic energy of, Oh yeah. Like nobody was making big swings. Like it was just, let's be as faithful as possible. We'll make a few changes. But by and large, it was just no energy, no, nothing was happening. And I was like, I I can forgive a movie being bad. Actually, it's like I talked about with Space Jam as well. I can forgive a movie for being bad, especially if it makes big swings. Because it's like, okay, at least they're just like going for something. This movie just didn't do anything. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty boring. Um, 
I kind of like nodded off a little bit when I was watching it this morning. Um, and it was just, I woke up and then I like rewatched like the bits or whatever that I missed. And I put mm-hmm. the ending, but yeah, it's just kind of a slog. It's not, not, not a lot of it is very compelling. Like, I think, like, the impressive stuff is supposed to be is, like, the costumes. Which they are very impressive. They're pretty Mm -hmm. impressive, yeah. yeah. But, like, the actual, like, story is pretty boring. And, like, nobody seems to care that much. Except for Tim Roth's character, who is just having a great time. (laughs) Tim Roth is giving 100% in this movie. A fun fact I learned while looking for Letterboxd reviews, he turned down the role of Professor Snape to do this movie. Really? Yeah. Whoa. What a world would it have been? Our whole childhood movie movie experience of Harry Potter would have been very different if he if he was probably Professor Snape. He probably, he probably would have done a good job, but like, mm-hmm. um, it's just really hard. He probably to would have played it like a more like a rattier, more weaselly, uh, not that kind of weaselly, but a more weaselly Snape than we got, which would have been interesting to see. Yeah, it would have been more interesting to see than this movie, which just again, it, it feels like. The movie, like I, I was reading. You may have this from having if you looked up IMDb trivia for the movie for this one, but I read one that Tim Burton has said he would rather jump out of a window than direct a sequel to this movie. Wow! Um, and I'm wondering, like, if it was studio involvement because big action movies like this aren't really his thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if he tried to make a thinker and they wouldn't let him or something like that because there's a lot of parts of this movie where they're just like walking places and it feels like there was meant to be dialogue like at the beginning of the movie mark Wahlberg's character gets a video home from like his friends two of whom are just now engaged and one guy's like when are you gonna make that kind of commitment and then that never comes up again yeah and it's like it feels like maybe tim burton was trying to go for something and the studio just absolutely would not let him. And this also, like, as far as, like, Tim Burton aesthetic for a movie, mm-hmm. like, it just, I just don't feel it at all. Like, in this one, like, um, no. like, unless you find the, the, um, the costumes and stuff like that, like, but not, it, but not really, like, it doesn't, it just would, doesn't feel like a Tim Burton movie so much. I would say that Ape City kind of had the Burton feel. But again, because it's a jungle, it wasn't like. Mm-hmm. But then once they left the jungle, they were just out on like basically open scrubland, and it's kind of hard to Tim Burtonize open scrubland. I also wondered if Tim Burton wanted to make a. I, I haven't checked what his next movie was, but I wonder if he wanted to make something, and they were like, "Okay, we'll fund that if you do this." That may be. Well, I'd also read that a number of people dropped out of the directing role before. Uh, here we go. Actually, I did find another letterbox review where somebody talked about this. In the late 1980s, Adam Rifkin pitched a sword and sandal style epic version of the story with Rick Baker doing the special effects and Danny Elfman the score. After that fell through in the early 90s, Oliver Stone then had a crack at developing his take before Arnold Schwarzenegger signed on. Arnie picked Philip Noyce to direct, and Noyce invited visual effects legend Stan Winston to join the project. However, mostly due, due to meddling, blah, 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 this project collapsed. With those producers gone, but Schwarzenegger still attached, Chris Columbus entered the picture, uh, but soon after dropped out to produce Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So we almost, Arnold and Chris Columbus were attached to do this movie, and then they both dropped out to do Jingle All the Way. Uh, and then, so they offered the gig to James Cameron, Roland Emmerich, and Peter Jackson, all of whom passed. Um, Jesus, like almost every major director. <laughs> like uh, Tim Burton was pretty much their last port of call for this. Yeah, that's wild. But yeah, just, I don't know. I wonder if Tim Burton finally agreed to get something else made. Maybe. I'm trying to look and see what his next role was, because that's an interesting 
um, or his next uh, uh, Big Fish was 2003, um, which I've never seen, but I know it's pretty well beloved. And you know what? That's enough of a of a very niche Burton joint. I wonder if he agreed to do this so that they would agree to do Big Fish because it. The premise doesn't scream blockbuster success, mm-hmm. but I know it's much beloved. But. Yeah, but actually looking at the um, the distributor and everything uh, list, so Planet of the Apes was 20th Century Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, he wouldn't work with them again until 2016 for Miss, uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. So, so maybe, in fact, he um, just needed a gig. Maybe. Yeah. To pass some time until he got Big Fish off the ground. Either way, what a wild choice for this movie to direct. He had some hits after that, like Charlie and Chocolate Factory, Corpse Bride, Sweeney Todd, Alice in Wonderland, Dark Shadows. Like, it's a lot of, lot of, anyway. Yeah, it's, it, it, like, another, like, movie that I thought was going to be, like, kind of, like, high action, kind of high, kind of thrilling, Mm -hmm. just another, like, sleepy one. Like, I, I don't, it never gripped me too much. You know, like in like, and maybe there was a heavy studio involvement, like you kind of mm-hmm. suggested, because like I don't know, like the original Planet of the Apes films were very successful and like had like a year of five. It's like five, yeah, I think there's five, five of them, and they were very mm-hmm. um, well beloved. So like, it's like, oh, we're rebooting this. Like, we need to have like all hands on deck. Like, let's have as many uh, people on the wheel as possible to make sure this does the right goes right right and then that's just hearsay like i don't know if that's actually sure but there's one thing i want to talk about and then i have literally no interest in talking about this movie anymore Mm -hmm. and it's like the only time i said to jackson because of course i watched this with friend and avenger jackson efflin the only time i felt alive watching this movie was when the the monkey came back the the one that he paul walker mark Wahlberg goes out to try to like save and that's how he ends up here and the monkey shows up later than he does mm. he goes up to it and pulls a bag out of its pot that has a gun in it yeah and it's like why did they give a monkey a gun second of all Paul, mark Wahlberg had one of those in his bag from the pot he crashed in his was a laser this monkey's had real bullets in it yeah they gave the monkey a <laughs> gun that could depressurize a spaceship yeah yeah I don't know. I'm sitting there losing my mind at this idea of like, <laughs> like again, I, I, I've already put just that saying that sentence out loud, have put more thought into this premise than they did in writing the movie. But it is, I guess they wanted the ricocheting bullets or whatever for, for, but it was just like, what, what the fuck is happening? Why did you give a monkey a gun? Yeah. I will say I do. I, that you said that was your favorite part of the movie that I like that idea. Oh. Cause like, um, I think it's the only thing I enjoyed about like the story of the movie was like, mm-hmm. um, cause the whole time I was wondering like, okay, so when does the monkey that went into the quasar or whatever mm-hmm. going to come back? And like, I was thinking that Tim Roth's character was like, was that monkey? And like, did the, like, like, or something. I like, see. Like it, uh, he went down to the planet and then got like mutated or like they just evolved really fast or something like that. I'm like, what is, cause I, cause everyone knows what the planet of the apes twist is or whatever right Mm -hmm. is that they're on earth the entire time and the monkeys evolve and eventually take over humanity because of some sort of like spark event that like begins and the spark event for this movie spoilers was the oberon 
space station crashing into the planet, right? Crashing into Earth, right? I don't think this is Earth. I think this is a different planet. And this one, originally, it was that the monkeys got smart and rose up and, and took over and destroyed Earth. And that he wasn't on a different planet. It was the future. In this movie, I got the distinct impression they crash landed on a totally separate planet. And the monkeys were smarter than they expected. And they overthrew them. So you think the thing at the end when they're on Earth. It's the future of the same alien planet that he just left. He didn't. He time traveled instead of space travel. Interesting. I was thinking like. I thought that was the reveal. Oh, they were on Earth the entire time and they affected like some sort of like history. Like I thought I thought he like he time traveled he did time travel again, obviously, to the future mm-hmm. of where he left. That's right? my understanding is they were probably the space station I think was maybe orbiting Earth. Mm-hmm. He went after the, the chimp in the spaceship. They went after him. They all ended up on the other side of the galaxy or whatever all by this planet. They just ended up getting there f- f- like thousands of years before Mark Wahlberg. They crashed. The monkeys rose up, created the planet of the apes. He landed like a thousand years later. The events of the movie happened. He flew back into the storm. And when he landed again, it wasn't on Earth. It was the same planet, just mm. thousands of years again in the future where they had grown up to create an exact replica of Earth society, which I know as I'm saying that out loud, it sounds like I'm the exact replica of Earth society. I think the joke they established at the very beginning of the movie when they hit the storm, that suddenly all the history of Earth flashes across their screens like, oh, it's like all the recorded history of Earth. I think that's supposed to be foreshadowing. Like, it's like a clue or something, because at the end of the movie, then it's like, yeah, they just basically lived the life of Earth or whatever. Oh, because maybe, and I'll say this, like, what they were mm-hmm. trying to hint at with that is because Thade was trapped within the Oberon station or whatever, he was going to mm-hmm. access that entire history of Earth to try to repeat, to repeat history and become like a, like, a huge figure in developing an America or whatever. Which explains the Lincoln Memorial. Yeah. I bet a lot of these questions would have been answered if this movie had got a sequel. And if that happened, we wouldn't be here. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Like I I bet there was like, I bet Tim Burton was setting up a a trilogy, right. Or like he's definitely setting up four movies, but like, I'm pretty sure, like you said, he didn't. He would never make a sequel to this movie um, for whatever reason. I know it critically and audiences did not like this movie at the time. You mentioned the audiences who didn't like this movie. I do have some of their opinions here pulled up. Working on those segues, baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's the good segue music. Our first review comes from Aaron Rose, who gave this one and a half stars. I, for one, think it was very brave of them to make a movie without relying on crutches like stakes or chemistry or spatial awareness in your review. Definitely chemistry, I guess. Chemistry between the actor. Yeah, there was, like, Helena Bonham Carter was trying so hard to have chemistry, I think, with Mark Wahlberg, and he was just a granite rock and i don't mean to speak i don't mean to speak for her or maybe this wasn't the thing the the costume looked very uncomfortable <laughs> like it didn't look like yeah. like because the especially with the um because i think they're supposed to be chimp those are the chimpanzees mm-hmm. right um that's what what she was i think so yeah um it is so bulky in the face that they there's just like not any expression that is able to like 
infer to me. Like, um, it just looked uncomfortable. It looked like someone had, right after they had like dental surgery, like were like you know like mm-hmm. uh, when you get your wisdom teeth taken out and you're just so swollen. It just well. Yeah. Speaking of, our next review comes from Russman, who has a pro rating. They gave this two stars. It means, it means he paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> two stars. This might be the most normal costume Helena Bottom Carter has worn in a Tim Burton film. End of review. I don't think so. I think Sweeney she's just wearing she's wearing a dress. Well, uh, on the same vein of Helena Bottom Carter in this movie, Cody Derricks gave this one and a half star. I can't believe they gave the Helena Bottom Carter ape the Rachel. End of review. <laughs> Did they? I didn't really pay attention. Does it look like the Rachel? It's, it's a little bit. It's more of a bob, but it yeah. does kind of. <laughs> it smacks of the Rachel. It's about like five years after the Rachel, I'm pretty sure, because I think that was like third season three, like Friends. So it has the essence of the Rachel, the season nine Rachel. Our next review comes from Ave, who has a pro rating. Uh, they gave this a half star. This is just like Twilight Breaking Dawn Part Two in a review. That's for any of my our Twilight nerds out there who we get a kick out. It's of on that. Netflix right now. If you haven't seen on Twitter, it's on Netflix right now, and everyone's going wild for it. I've never watched those movies. I am unfortunately in a, a solid agreement with Jackson to watch all of them. In exchange, we're watching all of the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. Um, okay. And unf- I definitely was the kinder friend in that deal. Guys, those are. I, it is great if you like the listeners. If you like the films, I will not take that away from you. They are very bad, and I cannot care. And I, I'm not making. I'm not saying anything about you as a person for liking them. I just deeply, deeply do not enjoy those movies. Yeah, they have a weird. Um, of the one I watched, it kind of has like a weird filter over the movie that is just like really hard to look at for a long time. Like I don't know what to, it's supposed to be a little <laughs> gothic, right? It was gothic looking. Um, Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right word, but like, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's just the everyone's really white, and it, everything else is very dark. Well, um, that's the end of the reviews, Madison. And I did get my podcast allowance this week, and I got some change burning a hole in my pocket. Do you know where I could spend it? Yeah, you can. You can. Uh, <laughs> 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 we can. You can roll on down to the uh, Madison's Carnival of Bits. Uh, this week, ding ding. This is oh, cinema boy. asset assessment of. Hold on. Ka-ching, 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 ka-ching. <laughs> Leaving this in. Ka-ching, uh-huh. ding ding. The success in cinema assessment of assets game. All right. I have to say, so far in the hierarchy, this is my second favorite. Okay, interesting. What's the other one? Oh, you don't the script. I don't dislike the script one. The script one can be fun. I just mean of the two, this one involves a little bit of like movie trivia knowledge or movie knowledge like that. So I, that's a thing I like. So I, this is maybe my second favorite, but I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. So to remind everyone how this game is played is I looked up, um, I, I looked up when Planet Apes was in theaters, which was in Mm -hmm. July of 2001. Um, and I found two other movies that were in theaters at the same time. And um, what Mike has to do is order them, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, because I think I get messed up last time, order them on like who had the better bot, who had the highest box yes. office from from beginning to end. It's, um, yeah, putting in the, them in order of highest to lowest box office. Yes, yes. 
prequels. Um, there's just some construction going on outside of um, outside of my window, like right outside. So you may just hear some bangs and stuff. We'll try to get them, but it, they just might hear a few. Um, you might hear some banging. Yeah. Just some construction workers banging. Yeah. So I'll start with Planet of the Apes. The, okay. the budget for this movie was $100 million. Another movie, Spirited Away. Okay. Budget was $19.2 million. That's good, though. Oh, man, Spirited Away. Okay. And Legally Blonde. Budget was $18 million. Three different movies. Three <sighs> Not very similar. There's an action-adventure. There's a sort of... Uh, well, it's not a romantic comedy, really, but it is like a... It's, I don't know what you'd call it, but like a comedy movie, just a comedy movie. And then there's a animated movie. Um, Fuck, Madison, this one's good. Yeah, this one is, seems like, I think this is the hardest ka-ching a ding ding the success in cinema asset assessment of assets that I've done. I have my answer. Is least to highest, right? I'm going highest to lowest. Highest to lowest, okay, cool. Number one is going to be Spirited Away. I think, if I remember, because I've just started watching all the Miyazaki films for the first time, and I pulled up a list of them in order, and if memory serves, this is right in the heart of, like, all of the ones you hear about, like Kiki's Delivery Service, Spirited Away. Yep. like all those, It's, like, right there at the height of Miyazaki. So I think that's going to do the most. I think Planet of the Apes is going to be next, just because it's a big summer blockbuster. And I think Legally Blonde, if memory serves at the time, it wasn't critically received very well i think people didn't like it it has since like enjoyed a renaissance of people be like no this movie's good actually but if i remember right at the time it didn't do very well although it got a sequel it did well enough to get a sequel though. oh no well yeah but the problem is years later right yes i'm i'm gonna go spirited away legally blonde uh planet of the apes so spirited away being the highest spirited away being the highest i'm locking it in than mm-hmm. Planet of the Apes. Okay. Yes. This was a very hard one, and I am sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did not get it. Um, okay. So this is really interesting about Planet of the Apes, <clears throat> is people did not like it. People did not like mm-hmm. this movie. It was considered, and like so much like we talked about how Tim Burton didn't want to make another one. Audience didn't like it. It is the highest grossing one. I mean, it's summer blockbuster. It's, yeah. I can, opening weekend can account for mm-hmm. almost all of it, so... Yeah. Yeah, I probably should have considered that, but I almost... Oh, so, man. and Sp- Spirited Away is an interesting one for me to include on on here, because I actually had to do some digging, because Spirited Away has been put back into theaters multiple times for people to watch. I included only when it was in theaters during... Initial, initial box office, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, um, the actual order is uh, Planet of the Apes, which made uh, $362.2 million. Uh, Spirited Away um, got... Okay. 200 million um and then legally blonde got 141.8 million so i had the the bottom two correct in the right order i just man i i'm actually glad i realized legally blonde got a sequel i know that the as you were kind of mentioning with spirited away it did get a broad musical far enough along though that i think it was after the uh-huh. sort of renaissance of yeah. legally blonde but at the time i remember i Damn, I should. I, I forgot. I, we're so used to blockbuster films now. Summer blockbusters yeah. are so like we're awash in them that back in the early two thousands, it was still a thing of like, no, there's only like two or three of them, and so they're a big. Deal. Yeah, exactly. Like there's just like 
limited <sighs> amount of space in the theater for pe- things to be in there. And, you know, Planet of the Apes was going to be a big movie, right? Right. I bet people mm-hmm. were excited for it. It's like, oh, it's coming back. And like I said, it made money. It's the weirdest thing. It didn't get a sequel, even though it made, it did well box office. It did well. This just mm-hmm. was like critically panned, right? Which just sometimes is just the case. Um, I think like, if you took all of Spirit Away's box office, um, if I'm remembering the initial number correctly, it was the mm-hmm. highest because it's just gone back into okay. theaters so many times. Sure, but even then, it would still be—I'd still be wrong yeah. because Planet of the Apes would be second, yeah. and I didn't. All right. Well, we're almost at half an hour. Yes. We should probably jump into yep. ideas for a sequel. Let me go ahead and get a timer up, and then yep. we can. I only have one idea, really, for this. I, I could tell that, knowing the ending, I pretty much knew there was nothing in, up until that twist ending that we were actually going to care about or need. Yeah. But I did write down Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. <laughs> now, I will say that is Abraham Lincoln is a joke that I, I thought of watching the movie. However, many people on Letterboxd also put jokes about Abraham Lincoln, mm-hmm. so... I don't pretend like it's an elite pun that I'm the first person to ever think of. Speaking of fun, or, or speaking of fun, uh, speaking mm-hmm. of puns, I mean, um, my ideas were only pun based. Great, what, hit me with that. Uh, the worst one is Planet of the Grapes. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know what that would be. I have no idea what that is. It would be a whole different movie, probably, or. Um, but um, the other one, which has maybe a little bit more heat, is Planet of the Capes, which um, maybe we turn it into a superhero thing. We involve Leo's character, which we, we can recast um, uh, if we want to. Um, and not only is in this future ape civilization, like, it um they like took over and became like a national figure or whatever um they're also superheroes and there are like there's like monkey monkey thor monkey batman and uh, monkey greenland oh in this world there's no different universes the marvel and dc characters are all together yeah exactly yeah yeah wow maybe thade's greatest crime yeah the only other thing is, like, if we actually made a true sequel to this movie um, mm-hmm. of where it would go next, which I actually don't know, really, because yeah. it's not like Thade is the bad guy in the second one if they continued off because they is dead mm-hmm. at that point. He'd be fighting against yeah. whatever the government is established at that point, right? You know, so what's... It's really unclear what happened. Like, I don't know. It's... Do we want to do a sequel that is immediately following the events of the first movie? Or do we want to take a step away and just play in that world? That is the question, I think. Um, mm-hmm. If we do an immediate sequel, um, I want us to recast Mark Wahlberg as someone else. Uh, sure. Um, get, him out of the, get him out of the movie. Um, I could see some... To, to me, the movie is setting up, like, if they just still the bad guy, there would be some time travel shit. And we've done time travel shit. Um, right. You know, um, I'm not against it. Okay. But, like, that movie would just be us, like, we're going to uh, different different parts of American history where there are apes instead of people, right? You know? Um, which is kind of a fun idea. <laughs> but uh, 
if we step away from it, um, we do mm-hmm. something wild in our flavor, um, just because it does. It's, there's not a lot of good setup. Mm-hmm. Planet of the Capes, I think, would be fun. We have to create a whole superhero story, right? You know, right? Yeah. I mean, we could. That could be fun if we like lightning round, like the heroes. Uh, that would be kind of fun. But it's another legally blonde situation where we're just naming like fun different. Do you mean League of the Rings? Yeah, sorry. This can't be another League of Their Own uh, situation where we're just naming uh, <laughs> Nick Tunes. <laughs> I mean, that, but that is essentially what you're pitching. I know, I know. I want us to try to make it at least tangentially connected to the first one. Okay, like I wanted to like at least be have some sort of element to it. Like at least, at least in the storyline, maybe we set up that like Thade, Thade is still the bad guy or whatever. If we want, um, uh, let's see. So he crash lands in Washington D.C. or Monkington D.C. and it's like a modern day. It looks like the idea is that this is the right time period for him. It's like 2007, but still the monkey planet. We could deal with (laughs) Captain Leo Davids going through the monkey prison industrial complex. Um, We could do a jailbreak movie. We could do he goes on the run and do like a Mission Impossible or like um, Jack Reacher style film could do like a big political drama with like the monkey the nation monkey nation if we did like a born identity like a born movie mm-hmm. or something of like um leo escaping prison that might be bad born identity bad born identity yeah yes absolutely um, um they could do something where like they're doing tests on him um because he might be the maybe one of the few humans left alive, like, you know, at this point, um, or maybe he's, uh, maybe he organizes, organizes a resistance against the current powers. Right. You know, like that, that, that might be a, where the heat is, but we still, first part of the movie is the prison break. Second part is like him organizing a resistance, which would pay off and like be more involved in whatever the third movie would be. Right. We could do, um, we could channel Howard the Duck and do, because he is like a creature that's not like most of the people in this world suddenly falling from space. Yeah. You want to make, you want to make Leo Thor. I don't know about a prison. I threw it out there, but a prison break seems like a lot of fine detail work and we could do like fun, but it's monkeys. But I also don't know how interesting that would be. Mm. Ultimately. I don't know. This one really doesn't inspire a lot of. Yeah. I think like us designing some sort of, break maybe we could do it like sort of not a prison break but like it's the same thing i guess but like a lab break like like maybe they're doing tests on sure. him like he was doing tests on chimpanzees and monkeys before right you know like setting them up like it's sort of like a, a retribution kind of thing for them it's like we're gonna do these tests on you and maybe those tests give him some sort of ability to be sort of a hybrid between okay. and a person Okay, and then, he, and then he becomes a resistance figure because he's trying to fight for like equality and like um, and also just that's this thing. Like, let's decide: are there humans still in this world at this point? Right? If there are, are they all in prison? Or if they they are, are they out and about? And sort of like in the first movie, they're sort of like servants to 
monkeys and stuff like that. Um, we could like they're, do... They're apes, you know, like... Right. Yeah, I don't know, because, like, a lot of the... <laughs> A lot of the ideas I come up with that aren't that, that I'm like, ooh, that could be interesting, just have, like, well, I'll say sinister overtones, but... Because I was thinking, like, maybe the idea is that, like, all of America is just apes, but the rest of the world is humans or something like that. And then that's, like, a thing of just, like, no, we're just, like, we're the we're the ape country. Could just say. I like the hybrid. The hybrid thing has some some heat on it. Let me go ahead and start our yeah. time. And what I want to do this time is something a little different than what we've been doing. I'll set a timer for 15 minutes for the plot. And then well, after that, we'll be done. And we'll have 15 minutes to figure out what the twist is at the end. Because it. it has to have a it has twist. has to have a twist. Yeah. So we'll start. I'll give us 20 minutes for the movie and 10 for the twist. So our 20 minutes start now. So I do like the hybrid. So they're definitely like, I mean, could the idea, this could be the twist that, They've been turning people into apes. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they're they're like gathering people up and tur- turning them turning them into apes to assimilate. Being a human is illegal, right? Interesting. Okay, that's good. I like that. So I think what is then like because there's like resistance, obviously. Like he, they're gonna fight back, but he's already been assimilated. So what's he only like, gets half the dose or something like that, and they're gonna put another one in the knee. Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking action man. Oh, we're injecting him with something, but he breaks free and punches him and escapes. But he's already half dose, so he is. He's like walking proof that this is happening. Yeah, real quick, let's decide, and maybe we should have saved this for the end, but just so we can Im- imagine it like correctly. Mm-hmm. Who are we recasting? <laughs> Oh, is this, or we're doing this still, like, considered early 2000s? Yes. Paul Walker. Paul Walker. Cool. Got it. I said his, I accidentally called him Paul Walker earlier, and then I thought about it. I was like, yeah, that actually, he'd be really good, I okay. think, for cool. this franchise. So, Paul Walker is now Captain Leo Davis. Got it. Branching paths. It's, what if Paul Walker was... <laughs> Sliding doors. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, that means Mark Wahlberg would have been the Fast and the Furious, and... I don't I'm just that. waiting for him to show up. I bet it will happen at some point. Probably eventually. Um, so he escapes and he's walking proof that this is happening. Like this is a conspiracy. See, that's the thing. I think we make it. This isn't the twist that they're assimilating people because we put this out there. Like we make the whole movie a conspiracy and then there's an additional mm-hmm. twist. Mind blown. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're talking about the plot right now. Right. So like, let's say, oh, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we'll figure out the twist. Oh, we'll- no, I know. I'm just saying. I think that's that's fun structurally. But he's a walking. He's walking proof that this is happening. So obviously, the government's trying to get him yeah. back. So we can we can do like a Winter Soldier like spy thriller kind of thing. Yeah. Or yeah. So um, while he's in the in the lab prison or whatever, he meets mm-hmm. someone else, right? Like he meets like another one of maybe they're going through the the sort of routine of everything. Um, uh, you've seen V for Vendetta, right? You know, like mm-hmm. going through the same routine all the time. And he's picking up like these little moments where he actually has like this like few seconds where he can communicate with someone else. Right. Um, right. In V for Vendetta, it's through the wall or like um, or whatever. But like in this one, it can be maybe you he, he's always passing someone or sees like into 
another cell or into another thing like uh, and that person is also going through these like these de de evolution serums or whatever right sure um, or another idea could be Mark Wahlberg makes friends with this person pretty quick and maybe we show a montage of them like being friends and then one day they just stop showing up mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, I know that they've been going into that clinic room or something like that. So I have to get into the room and to find out what happened. And then does, and that's where he becomes. They start dosing him as well. Because I don't. I feel like it's a. It's not a subtle process. Yeah, I think it's multiple rounds wow. of like injections and stuff like that. And maybe, maybe it has the potential to do stuff too quickly, and it drives someone someone mad or something like that. And then they, mm, that's good. Um, they go too far back, or they become like not um, not the humanoid sort of like apes that are in the first mm-hmm. movie, right? They become like um, like sort of like in between that and um, an actual chimpanzee, or right? You know, um, sure. So maybe they, um, and maybe that happens to his friend is that he actually goes mad and like they end up having to kill him. Just too far back. Yeah. I like the idea then, yeah, of um they start giving Mark Wahlberg the serum. Go ahead. You seem you looked like you had a brain blast. I said if they didn't uh, maybe they don't kill him, but they do see they he just goes too far back and his friend is now just a chimpanzee, right? Or something like that, or an orangutan mm-hmm. and him and his buddy the orangutan escape the escape the thing together and it's sort of like a buddy movie um god so the entire time leo has like an orangutan hanging off of his back and as like a fucking as as a as a companion that's what's his goal once he gets out of jail to topple the government or is he trying to get out to go home or what if we, in the conversations that he's having with his friend who we should also cast um uh at some point um we uh his friend is talking about like he was a member of the resistance or he was a member of the like of some so oh, or he gosh, knows yeah. of a place that they could go if they ever got out of there and he he was out on a run one day trying to get supplies and they picked him up and that's why he's here now. Right. Um, and so he's been given that information, but he can't communicate with them now like he used to because he's an orangutan. Right. He's been given enough information vaguely. So that's where he, that's where Leo is headed after, um, after he escapes. Gotcha. We'll have, and then what we can do just for narrative ease some greeting that he and the guy always gave each other it was actually like the code phrase for the resistance or whatever. Yeah. And so at some point, um, Paul Walker gives that phrase, like he's, he's like talking to the monkey and he gives the phrase and they're like, wait, what the fuck did you just say? Mm-hmm. And that's how he can at least get in. So then he's in with the resistance. Yeah. What if it's like, I don't know why this like suddenly came to me, but like, I was thinking of something that like, like, um, apes can do and like they can you know use some they can use tools and like do hand some like hand, uh, talk with their hands as well what if they uh-huh. what if it is they play a game of rock paper scissors and um that is like the secret thing of like um because there's so many variables or right you know so like 
Oh, it's uh-huh. like when you're trying to get into the door of the place, a hand comes out. Oh, it's a specific sequence of rock, paper, scissors. Exactly. So it's like, oh, first time you have to do, the person on one side has to do rock, the other one has to do scissors. The second one is um, paper, or the second one is scissors and paper, then the third one is like scissors, scissors, or something like that. Um, maybe they have to tie. Like, it's like five hands in a row that you have to tie. Mm, okay. So the idea of like rock, paper, paper, rock, scissors, you have to do like you do tie in that order or something like that. So that it's, um, I get like the odds of like, it's clearly that that point on purpose. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah. The idea Um, of Leo's character, like in like, maybe like Leo's character, they have when they're in the lab prison or whatever, they have such short interactions mm -hmm. with each other that, um, uh, his friend was just in the like he can't teach him the entire sequence, but he like um, started to, and then when he's the orangutan, he's able to do it, um, and they're still, they're still ha- able to have the conversation. But so as far as their plan, once he joins the resistance, I have yes. a sort of dumb idea uh, for this. Are you familiar with the movie Airheads? Yeah, it's Brendan Fraser um, and. Steve Buscemi and Adam Sandler, yeah. if I remember. Yeah, where they take over a radio station and they hold it hostage, right? Uh, similar to that or to one of the Alan Partridge movies where it's basically just like they take over a TV station and start broadcasting that um, Paul Walker, like, this, this, this is the truth. You're being brainwashed or whatever. Like, they're turning people into apes or whatever, humans into mm-hmm. apes. Um, and... Uh- People don't know that this has happened. I think so. Yeah, I think so. That's what uh, I'm saying. Is, um, yeah, I think I think it has to be a secret. Otherwise, them trying to hunt him down, other than just like a, being a prisoner, like is one thing. But if he is the only evidence that this is happening, mm-hmm. then it makes it more of like, no, we're sending SWAT teams and like assassins after him, not just like the fucking the cops are after him or whatever. And like maybe a couple FBI. It's like. No, like everything that we can get on the street after him is happening. What do we want to say that the populace See, thinks is happening? I think maybe the happier or the not as fucked up thing is that they're just being sent out of America. Um, but um, yeah, no, I mean, that is, I think it's, it works narratively because we could have the lab or whatever be some secret lab. And what they do is they ship out, they deport in quotes, the humans mm-hmm. really they ship them to that lab and then they put them back on a different boat once they're apes and send them in as oh look at all these the new immigrant like immigrants have come in or like the new apes like it's the idea of they're shipping them out but that boat just turns around loads up with the people who are now apes and brings them back as like freshly immigrated okay. citizens there we go that'd be cool or that'd be kind of a um a cool set piece for like if they do the whole transformation thing on the boat like mm-hmm. maybe that's that would maybe a good like chase scene or something or like escape scene of them escaping the mm-hmm. boat, like um, if that's where they do the actual like transformation, right? Even though it, it'd be weird because it's over time, so they'd be on a boat for like what three months or something like that. But like, yeah, I'm th- yeah, it'd have to be. It's also a secret lab, so it'd, it'd be like I'm not thinking it's that far off land, but um, like maybe a day or maybe two. It's an underwater but... lab. I mean, that would make the most sense, because how are people not stumbling right, on yeah. it? Right, yeah, so 
like in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, within like still um, like American waters or it's in America, mm-hmm. right? It's just, yeah, right. it's just America. Anyway, um, yes. What was that? Let's get that clean. What was it? Yeah, sorry. Oh, let me get that clean. America. <laughs> What's your? Go ahead, Madison. You do one now. You come up with a better one right now, just off the top of your head. Um, the United Apes. Sorry, let's get that clean. The United Apes. United Apes. United Apes. Yeah, the United Apes of Ape Erica. So we did it. Together we came up with the perfect yeah. name. Um, <laughs> so, okay, let's. We're running a little short on time. We got about five minutes, which is yep. fine. But they. He, he gets out of the prison boat. He hides on the boat to the mainland. He gets into the mainland with his friend. They find the resistance. Um, they join the resistance. And then, are we. Do you want to do the thing where they like basically hole up in a tv studio and and the revolution is televised i think that's like a good that that's a pretty good um angle um right like i think is that their goal is to just get the word out there that like this is what is actually happening this is what um, is Mm -hmm. so i think it gives us a good like secondary like heist resistance thing of like um, what they need to do to get their end goal, right? Um, and it is to get into this TV station that is like the biggest one in the United Apes of Ape Erica um, to mm-hmm. send out to all people's like phones and TV screens and radios and stuff like that um, because they're only going to have a brief time before they're descended on. To me, it seems like kind of a suicide mission because it's like they can there and do it but like how do they escape right oh it's rogue one yeah so um i think that leo um and his friend um which we should name dunson dunson okay yeah sure it's actually doug's son (laughs) doug's would be fucked up if we named him george george the curious george oh no yeah sure let's do it um Okay. I don't think it's fucked up. So Lieutenant Leo, da- Captain Leo Davids and George. Yeah, exactly. And George. Along with some other resistance people. Maybe there's other people who have escaped or something. I don't know. Like, um, I do like the idea. I, I think I like the idea of Leo having like this sort of like hybrid, like sort of like he's in between a ape and human right now. Right. Um, and maybe that gives him some like sort of a little bit more strength or something like that like um Mm -hmm. yeah he definitely is augmented in like physical strength and speed mm -hmm. um and then let's come up with like a villain we have a few minutes i think i like this idea i think we need one kind of main antagonist be it the doctor be it like a general who's after them or maybe a general who's a direct descendant of fade yeah like maybe yeah maybe there's like someone who works for the government that like is heavily involved in Leo's case or whatever, or Leo's situation because of, I mean, he just showed up at the, the, the Thade Memorial or whatever. So Mm -hmm. like, and out of this ship that fell from the sky, you know, it's like, it might be like the CIA or like someone like, um, can we make it the GBI for the guerrilla bureau? It's the GBI. It's a guerrilla guy. And the thing is like, I, I like the idea of, um, if you're using the catch me if you can or 21 mm-hmm. where it's like the mm-hmm. um the guy is who's like the bad guy or like the one going up against the protagonist it turns out to be like 
swayed in the end by the person, right? Or like, or a little bit. So maybe we could have like a storyline there of like, it's like, he's like, Leo, give it up. Like, don't, don't do this. Like you have a chance to like be a part of the rest of the society or whatever. And, um, maybe that guy doesn't even actually know what really goes on. Um, and then he, after hearing this, like he, maybe it's like a, a, a standoff at the TV station and Leo shows him the video. And then that's when he's just like, we have to let everybody know. Right. He hasn't seen. So I like this. I think you're right. Uh, he hasn't seen Leo. Like he comes out to the prison or whatever. And, is like and sees him, but the, all of a sudden they're like, "Oh no, he's sick now," and so you can't see him. That's because they're doing the shit. And then he escapes, and they're like, "Yeah," don't, but he's like, "He's it's." I don't want to say it's going to cause like an epidemic, but it's a whole thing about like, "No, he's sick. We got to find him. You have to help us." And then eventually he finds Leo and sees what's been going on and helps them get into like the the um, the TV studio. Yeah, um, I mentioned okay. that Leo's character looks like Luther from uh, Umbrella Academy. You know, like, um, you know, okay. it's kind of like a yeah. in-between sort of thing. I'm thinking about and two hours less time in the makeup chair, Helena Bottom Carter's character. Okay. A more of that kind of ape-human hybrid, but less, um, less like, uh, streamlined. Like, there's more human in him than than that take. But it's six of well, one, if I we, think. Um, if we go by the first movie... At least, like, where mm-hmm. Leo left off. Uh, it seems like mm-hmm. humans and apes were getting along, right? So, like, maybe there's some remnants of that. However many years later, maybe they had, like, families and relationships and stuff like that. There's, like, people who, like, work together. And that is actually sort of, like, the remnants that exist now in the revolution too. Right. So you could see like maybe Helena Barton Carter is there and is like a hybrid as well. Cause of some sort of relationship that she, that, that one had with, I get the impression that she would be long. Yes. Dead. Yeah. But it's like her descendant. That's what I was going to say. Um, that's possible. I, I think for the movie that it sounds like we're pitching humans and apes getting along wouldn't be like, I mean, it could happen in some areas, but it'd still be, pretty bad if they're deporting humans almost on site and actually sending them off to do illegal experiments like that then i don't imagine a lot of humans are living openly on no the no i was just saying that like i think like in the first movie where they're they're within within the apes and stuff there are apes that like are fighting for humans and like are aware of what happens because they've been briefed or something or they they know, and they're part of the resistance that um, Leo and George go meet, right? That do so, like I like the people that. that are involved in the in the sure. raid on the um, broadcast system or the broadcast tower are sort of remnants of that of their descendants that were part of the resistance so before. How does how do we then establish that this is something that is being done to people and not just oh he's just one of those people who's half human half ape from the before time like one of their descendants like if we already have people who are sort of half and half how how do we establish oh no I'm not like them they're doing this to me mm-hmm. you know what I mean like 
having their existence, them existing sort of cheapens any stakes of Leo getting on TV and saying, this was done to me. If people like him already exist nat- naturally in the world. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, well, I think it's just like, maybe like, what are they showing on broadcast before, besides him just talking about it, right? Like, you know, like that. We- that I mean, that he exists, I think is my point. Like he goes on TV and he is clearly half man, half ape. Like something has been done to him. Uh, see, I think I saw it as like, oh, here's videos of this happening, or here's like footage. Maybe they get that stuff from the lab when they leave, or something like. That. I mean, they can also have that information as well. My impression was just like putting him on every screen in America. Ape, sorry, ape, America, and like just the fact that he exists is evidence. Yeah. Which then explains why there's such a push to bring him down and bring him back. Is because maybe there's like mm-hmm. enough of a difference, right? You know, between like them, like and of how he looks. I guess I'm trying to. People could be naturally born hybrids, right? You know, mm-hmm. but also, but when you're forced yeah. to be a hybrid, or like they're trying to do it, maybe it looks different, or it's like maybe it's just like oh, they tried to force this on me, right? Because um, they they weren't actually trying mm-hmm. to make him a hybrid; they were actually trying to to devolve him, actually, right? Right. Yeah. Fully. And I, I mean, it's six to one. I, I personally think that it would be better if there, we didn't have natural hybrids and it was his existence again. Cause then he has to spend a lot of the, his time out of jail, like hiding in the shadows with like a cloak or whatever. Cause if anybody sees him, they'll kill him on sight or whatnot. But I'm not opposed to having, cause I think about like the resistance members and stuff and like, it gives them something to like fight for more. If it like, it means that they've been trying to like have their lives, you know, of just how they are. Cause I would see like maybe hybrids and stuff like that are outlawed too. Like being a hybrid is illegal too. Right. You know, like, so then, like, so it doesn't okay. make it all about Leo. It makes it more about, something bigger than that right you know like it, it's about people live, being able to live like yeah what's up madison a bad thing was done to a white man and he has to get yeah exactly justice. that's that's what i'm trying to like avoid a little bit here <laughs> okay then the hybrids well because i guess i was gonna say the hybrids don't occur naturally but there are others that are just mm-hmm. like or, or maybe they do occur naturally, but it's considered like a birth defect or a disability or a mutation or something. I mean, we are still getting into, I only care about this now because it's happened to me or somebody I love as a narrative point. But the idea could be that the resistance is made up of those people and people who are sympathetic to their cause and will be activists for them. That's the yeah. resistance. And then Leo shows up and is like, they're also like doing this on purpose or they're doing this other horrible thing on purpose. And like, I guess the purposes are, they're kind of at cross purposes rather because he's trying to stop them from just turning people straight up into apes. And the hybrids are just trying to bring down the government or just pass laws that they can exist. To expose that this thing is right because they've been lying to like what the what is happening to the Mm -hmm. humans and stuff like that and it's supposed to like i think it's supposed to be like oh hey this thing is happening they aren't just deporting they aren't just deporting the humans they're actually like de-evolving them and then like bringing them back i think there would have to be some sort of like mental manipulation too because it's like oh we're back and they did this to us (laughs) you know you know yeah yeah 
I mean, there's some kind of mind wipe that's involved yeah, as exactly, well. yeah, um, um, which we could flesh out. I I think we can just hand wave that there's a yeah, there's yeah. a mind wipe. I don't really think we need yeah, to explain I, how they yeah. lose their memories. What's the twist? What if um, they talk to the president um, who has been kind of a disembodied voice the entire time, or like you you hear it and it's mm-hmm. a human? That's what I was yeah. thinking as well. I think that that would be yeah. a good twist. I mean, the other another idea would be the president is only ever seen in profile, like like their thing, whatever. And then at the end, they turn and they're mm-hmm. a hybrid. Okay. I think I think human president is the biggest whoa like twist, which is really really that's all I'm looking for. It doesn't have yeah. to be good. It has to just be like I think we make them human. Yeah, I think I think that's like the thing. I'm just like, why yeah. is he doing this? And like, we'll never get an answer because <laughs> this movie also won't get a sequel ever. But maybe it's also maybe they wanted to start a war or something, or maybe they like maybe it was this guy's plan. You're already putting too much thought into it. We just all we know the big twist is that the human was the president was a human. The yeah, whole yeah, time. and has always been a human. And it's part of um, nope, nope, nope. Don't go any farther. <laughs> nope, that's it. That's the twist. We'll never know. We'll never know. Yeah, what that means. Last question: What do we call it? I have a I have a title idea. Go ahead. Planet of the Apes Two: Welcome to Earth. What do we do if we release two, like, in three films, two of them had the same tagline, like, colon? Uh, I was going to suggest Planet of the Apes, colon, State of the Union. Ooh. Planet, Planets of the Apes 2, Apes of the Union. Oh, no. Fuck, you just, you you said Planets of the Apes. That's planets what we should have done. Apes. Oh, like, there's multiple planets? Like, they're, like, yeah, like, there's, we're also on Mars. Mm-hmm. Or, god damn. Well, start over. We're not cutting any of this. We're just, it's going to be a four-hour um, episode. Planet of the Apes to coming no. to America. Sorry, coming to Ape America. The United the United Apes of Ape America. I mean, the United States of the Apes is also United an States of the Apes. Ape heads. Planet of the Apes to hear no evil. That's not yeah. bad. Is it hear no evil or is it see no or I guess it's see no evil, hear no but evil. What does this speak? Be? No evil. What is this? I guess probably. See no evil since it's a secret thing that they're doing to turn it would be Planet of the Apes to see no evil. That's pretty good. It's not bad. So, uh, Mm -hmm. my two the two are to me Planet of the Apes to the United United States of Apes or Planet of the Apes to see no evil. We can flip a coin again. We can flip a coin. Let's let's flip a coin. Um, here we go. So, what do we want heads and tails to be? Uh, we'll do. United States is heads. United States is heads. Okay. Tails will be seen no evil. Hey, Google, flip a coin for me. It is tails. Sorry, I didn't do it. I didn't oh, all right. I don't know why I didn't speak it, but anyway. So we actually have no confirmation that you didn't I don't. just pick I'll, I'll do it again. Hold on. Hold on. No, no, no. It's fine. I'm kidding. No, no, no. no. We're, we're doing it. Okay. Hey, Google, flip a coin for me. You got tails. There you go. Now, did you also have it flip a two-tailed coin? No, no, no. It? I wish it'll do that. <laughs> All right. Well, hey Google. Next, uh, next. Flip time. a two-tailed coin. Oh hey Google. Hey Google. Flip a two-tailed coin. It's heads. <laughs> there it is. Planet of the Apes two. See yep. no evil. Did we do it? We did it after well, a, a lot. I think we actually made a kind of a legit, like, like yeah. sort of like thriller, oh. sort of like thing. 
Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of a political thriller. It's a little bit of a born identity thing. It's a little bit of a, um, a little bit of Eve for Vendetta. You know, the character versus the government kind of story. If we did it, that's credits on another episode of the Equalizers. Madison Jones, tell the people where they can find us. Trying a little softer energy. Okay, I'm gonna do sharper energy. People, yeah, good. People can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and everywhere else podcasts are found by searching The Equalizers. Pod- thank you so much for leaning. Thank you so much for leaning into the microphone as you got louder during one of my edits. You're welcome. Oh God, I'm gonna next next week. I'm just going to scream for three uninterrupted minutes into the microphone. <laughs> Well, that'll be easy to cut. You just drag, click and drag, then delete. But I'm going to do that three different times, and you'll never know when it's going to happen. Okay. You can also get in contact with us on Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers. Our Gmail is equalizers at gmail.com, and we have an Instagram. It is the underscore equalizers. And as always, we spell it E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S like in sequel. Oh, yes. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Jump the gun there. Uh, as Madison said, special thanks to our <laughs> little thanks to the Banana Boys for our theme song Two Steps Trutting off their debut album Technicolor Girl from Outer Space. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter by searching the Banana Boys. And as always, they spell that B-O-Y-E-S like in Oh Yes. Like in sequel. Their album is available on all streaming services now. Madison, what are we doing next time? Yes. yes, yes. What's the next time movie? What's the next time movie? Um... What are some? Is that movie old? Is it the you know the beat the one with the old beats or whatever? Is that is, is, is that streaming anywhere? I don't think so. I don't want to watch old. You also just did that Avatar, so yeah. I also just don't want to do that movie. <laughs> I mean, we will eventually, but I would this time I would veto that. Could do Secretariat. Uh, you're okay with um, horses again after the turn horse? Has it been enough time? Oh, yeah, no, I'm not gun-shy on horses now. I am gun-shy on Jesse Cooper, but... Yeah. Ten more weeks and we can have them back on. I found having them on about ten weeks before Avengers puts a nice grenade in the lemonade. Yeah, yeah. A very strategic guest. By the way, we're halfway to Avengers 3. Ooh. All right. That makes, that, that's not one of those makes you feel old. It's one of those, like, wow, it feels like we just did that like a month ago. Oh, it feels faster than last time because it actually is. Because it... <laughs> Because yeah, we took such a huge hiatus. Um, we also took five days to record it. That's true. I want to do something kind of wild. I have a pitch for you. I brought this up a few times. Uh, we're okay. just talking about Brendan Fraser a little bit. No, we won't do hand stuff. I won't do hand stuff. Yeah, yeah, you. yeah. We, we were talking about Brendan Fraser a little bit. Um, uh-huh. So Monkey Bone is a Brendan Fraser movie that is pretty wild and in concept and execution. Um and which you haven't seen, right? I think we've talked about this. Right. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's do Monkey Bone. Let's do Monkey Bone. Just so you'll stop talking about it. <laughs> it's a weird movie. It has a lot of actors in it that are like, of note. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. It's uh, Brendan Fraser, Chris Kattan, Whoopi Goldberg's in it as well. All right. So tune in next time for Monkey Bone 2. This time we're bound. This time we're bound. So, for the Equalizers. I'm Madison Jones. I'm Mike Knoll. This is not a clip from Monkey Bone. Mike made a bad mistake agreeing to that movie. This is from the future. 
He didn't like it at all and didn't want to get a clip from the movie Monkey Bone. Ha 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 we have fun here. To be continued. First take your favorite leg and then you kick it up to your chest. And then you pump your open palms and then you really start breaking a sweat. That's all there is, that's really it, you barely even gotta move your butt. Come on man, now follow my lead and we'll do that two-step strut. Come on, dance with me. 